0: I'm Laura Vinroot Pool. For over 20 years I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store in Charlotte, North Carolina. On this podcast, we unlock the stories of people's lives through the stories of what they wore. These aren't conversations about fashion. These are conversations about people. Everybody wants to know her. Pamela Love is a true individual. I've always been drawn to her beautiful hands, which are decorated with tattoos and her gorgeous jewelry. But more than anything, I'm drawn to her spirit and her open mind. In this episode, we cover everything from the occult and tarot readings to her childhood style in South Florida. I hope this episode might open your mind to new ideas in your life and in your style. How did we meet? How long have we known each other? How did Um, we meet?
1: So you started carrying my line, I think, in 2010. Uh Uh-huh. But we didn't actually meet until I was here for, you know, a holiday because my husband is from Charlotte, as you know. Yeah. These people don't know. Right. (laughs) So I was here for, I think, Christmas or Thanksgiving, and I was at Earth Fair. Right. (laughs) and like because matt's vegan yeah and we were food shopping and someone was like are you pamela love and i was like yeah i am and she was like i work at capital we carry your stuff oh i know it was jenny and you have and she was pregnant at the time Yeah. and she was like you have to come over and so i came over that day like with our groceries and that was the first time i met you and that and, was probably and I totally
0: fell in love with you
1: likewise <laughs> and i think that was 2012 or 2013 okay so You know, a while now.
0: I have a theory that I have to really love the designer in order to wear the jewelry and also sell the jewelry and be behind the jewelry.
1: I think that jewelry is one of the more personal sort of things that you can put on your body. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I always say this and I really do believe this. Jewelry is one of the only things that's really fully a choice. Right. I mean, you have to wear shoes. Right. Of course, you're going to pick the shoes you like, but you can't walk down the street barefoot and you can't walk down the street naked. Right. And you need a purse because you can't. I mean, all women need a purse. How else you can (laughs) carry all your stuff around? Jewelry is really one of those things like you could take it or leave it. So I think it's really personal for everybody. And I think that for that reason, people really want to know the person behind it and I think that they want to connect with that person in a different way and also because I think jewelry is symbolically more personal you know you're Mm -hmm. getting it as an anniversary gift or it's a wedding ring or a graduation gift and it means something and it's going to last forever so you kind of want to understand who this person is behind the work
0: well, and I also think just because it because it touches your body,
1: yeah, and it touches your body in such an intimate way. Which I also like. I think to get really hippy dippy about it, I think that the metals have you know powers, powers to them, and and medicinal and healing properties to them, which I find very interesting. But
0: I think also you basically have this other person's work touching your body all the time, and I think I just can't sell jewelry if I do not love the designer. I don't, I, blame mean, I don't mean like, I mean love. I don't blame you. <laughs> in clothing, I'm kind of like, oh, he's sort of a jerk, but whatever. <laughs> <It's, yeah. laughs> the clothes are pretty. <laughs> the clothes are pretty.
1: <laughs> no, and I think also, I think there's a lot of jewelry out there. And especially recently, there's just, it's such a saturated world. So I think in a lot of ways, it's about the work, but it's also about the person behind the work. Yeah. And what they stand for. And, you know. The thought that goes into creating the work and, and especially the responsibility portion of it, I mean, we're dealing with materials that are mined out of the ground. You know, where your materials come from is very important and that they've been sourced responsibly. So I think knowing that it's coming from a person who you respect their values is really important. I agree. Where are you from? I was born in Brooklyn. Um, well, actually no, that's a, out of Brooklyn. No, that's a lie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And I always say it, and I forget that it's a lie. I was born in Queens, (laughs) and I hate that. No offense, Queens. Um, But my family- Shout out to Queens. Queens. Um, I was actually, my family lived in Brooklyn, and for whatever reason, my mom went into labor in Queens and- I was born in Queens, and we lived in Brooklyn for two years, and then they, we moved to Florida. What so, part of Florida? Uh, it's a town called Coral Springs. Right. It is in Broward County, yep. which... My a, mom's from Fort Lauderdale. So, yeah. So, your mom's <laughs> from Broward County, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A suburb of Fort Lauderdale, and I lived there till I was 18 or 19, and then I had a brief stint... Very brief stint where I went to the University of Florida. Wow. Yeah, wow, right? It was one of those things where my parents were like, you know, I really wanted to go to NYU or something, and my parents were like, well, you have a full scholarship to University of Florida, and and
0: and your mother was your mother an art teacher? Did I make that up? You made that up. I did. Yeah, she's a
1: psychologist. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, that's so funny. I I mean, that would have been really cool if she was an art teacher. But I think, but you and I do have something in common in that I think our mothers are both very beautiful, and it's a (laughs) and they they look like they're from Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) My mom's very blonde yeah my mom too really yeah
1: but yeah. um but no <laughs> Sorry. she was not an art teacher she uh, is a psychologist she's still a psychologist
0: that's intimidating
1: yeah she, everything <laughs> has a name everything right. everything that's wrong with you has a name right it's just like you know like yeah this is normal that's what kids go through everything had like a term <laughs> and do you have siblings i do i have a brother older he, or younger he is younger by two years and he's kind of a genius so I've always been sort of intimidated by his intelligence. And what does he do? He is a software engineer and a statistician hmm. and he works for Amazon. Oh wow. He <laughs> yeah. lives in Florida or no? No, he lives in
0: Seattle. Okay. And so you uh, went to Florida oh, yeah. for so, what? And like what did you what so were you doing in high school? Like what was your thing?
1: I was super into art. Yeah. Um, painting, sculpting, pottery. Jewelry making, a lot of jewelry making. I was obsessed with making jewelry. What medium? Like any medium I could figure out how to get my hands on. So I took some silversmithing classes. I took some glass classes and this is really corny I did a lot of beading and bead work yeah. like I love bead work. you know all those like crazy intricate be- like mm. beaded necklaces right, right. that where the beads are like shaped like flowers and things I yes. like taught myself how to do all that sort of stuff um, and so you went did they have an art department in Gainesville <laughs> they did I mean it was really against my wishes you know it was one mm. of those things my parents were like college is expensive mm. you have a scholarship yeah a full ride to the University of Florida you should do it yeah And I did it for one. It's sensible. I mean, it's and it was also what they could afford. Right. Right. So I did one semester Mm -hmm. and it just really, 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 really was not (laughs) for me whatsoever. I didn't connect really. Yeah. And I and also I had a boyfriend at the time. Right. Who didn't live in Gainesville. And so I basically dropped out of school and like went and lived with him.
0: I did that, too. In
1: Orlando.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Okay.
1: (laughs) Which is horrible. And at that time, I worked on my application for film school. And I applied to NYU for film school and applied for student loans and got in and left Florida. Wow. I didn't know that. I bummed around for like a year and a half, basically, is what I said, (laughs) in Florida, and then got to New York. Then I've been in New York ever since. And went to film school? I went to film school. I made films. I made a senior thesis film that was so weird. But it's, <laughs> it's actually on YouTube. So if you, like, search. What do you have to search? I want to see you it. have to search Pamela Love RSVP. RSVP was the name of the film. Uh-huh. And it was about um, a weird dinner party. <laughs> and the host of the dinner party was a man who was half man, half Chair. He was a (laughs) chairman. And he had all female guests, and they were all like weird. Like one was half woman half horse one was like a woman who had no eyes one was like a woman who was like a marionette like a puppet yeah, woman and then one was this is the weirdest part one woman was just really obsessed with jewelry and she was wearing so much jewelry <laughs> was that you? i don't know what that was but she and Were i you in it no oh, yeah. but I, I directed it and i didn't even know at that point that i was gonna have a jewelry line or that that would be my career but it was a woman who was so obsessed with her jewelry and she wore so much jewelry that she was just like weighed down by it and she like was constantly adjusting it and fixing it and it like was all she could focus on and then your mother psychoanalyze it no No. (laughs) (laughs) thank god but that it was weird it was it was a weird film but I graduated and I actually it actually won some awards (laughs) I got like a grant and I was supposed to use it to make another film but after film school I was really
0: burnt out and I used it to buy clothes And where did you buy the clothes at? Um, like Charivari? No, you're too young for that.
1: No, at this, I mean, it wasn't that much money either. It was like a small grant. I think I just bought like, I was really into vintage. Oh, that was yeah. the other thing. In, in film school, I was obsessed with vintage. And I also had a vintage clothing booth at the Chelsea Flea Market where wow. I would sell vintage clothes. And dresses. Dresses. A lot of dresses. Huh. Jewelry? Um Less jewelry. It was really apparel-based, actually. But it was, like, a lot of just pretty vintage dresses, cool old, you know, shirts, jeans, you know. Every Sunday?
0: Pretty much every
1: Sunday. And I did it with my best friend, Joanna, who also went on to work in fashion. And we would, like buy vintage clothes we would travel home to Florida and like fill up duffel bags you know With we'd go to like Pulitzer. <laughs> we'd go to like you know the Palm Beach yeah. Goodwill the best and find stuff and then we'd come back and like we'd sit out from like six in the morning to like six at night at the Chelsea Flea Market and every designer used to come <laughs> and the designers would come at like seven in the morning I love that and they'd buy
0: everything who was the most exciting person that you met doing that designer I think it was I mean at the All time inspiring. I think it was like Anna Sui oh, you know cool. <laughs> yeah. super cool and
1: I don't know if you remember Alice Roy, but yeah. I remember Alice oh Roy, God. who ended up becoming a good friend of mine. Aww. But she came and she bought a bunch of stuff. And I remember being like, that's Alice Roy. <laughs> and she bought all my stuff. <laughs> we were very serious about it. Like, we had, like, really cool tags that we would make. And, like, each tag would come with, like, a little trinket. Like, we oh, were, we like, made it really, like, stylized. Yeah. It wasn't just, like, a bunch of vintage clothes. Like, we really, like, made it cool. What was it
0: called? It didn't have a name. It was just like our, Pam and Joanna's Pam vintage and Joanna's. clothing booth. <laughs> so, and then and then, how did you meet Francisco Clemente, and how did that happen?
1: I was working at Barney's actually. So after college, I like floated around and I had some different jobs. And I was working at Barney's and sales. The, no, the women. This is not a position that exists anymore. The women's designer trunk show coordinator. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a hard job. Just. <laughs> Yeah, it was a different time. It was like pre-Instagram, pre-everything, pre-the-way-people-shop, and we would do these
0: really wow. crazy trunk shows. So you you arranged their travel or their schedule as to you'll be here from 10 to 12? I didn't we'll do even
1: this. do that. That was the crazy part. I mostly <laughs> dealt with the women who were ordering and then making sure that their orders got placed and that the product wow. came on time. And like when the designer was there, making sure that they had everything they needed. I think the highlight for me was when Albert came for three days. Oh, my God. And honestly, hearing him speak, just oh, like my hair, my you arms cry. stood on. Yeah, I think he's, he's really one of the most magical, genius human magical. beings. And it was an insane experience for me to work at Barney's at that time, which ended up, you know, for me, you know, Barney's is one of my main points of sale and, yeah, you know, like family to me. Working there at that time and meeting the designers that I met and the clientele that were supporting, you know, wow. it's almost like they're like patrons of the arts. You yeah. Know what I mean, the, the, the P- and they were supporting, like, you know, it was very early for Proenza and yeah. and all of that. And I think that being able to be there for that was such a cool experience.
0: Well, I mean, even the film school, the the Chelsea Flea and the Barneys part. I mean, that's those are all such incredible training. And yeah. So then <laughs> through all of that, I had a friend who
1: I had had since I moved to New York. Stefan is his name. And his closest friend, he grew up in New York City, and he is, his closest friend was Nina Clemente, Francesco's daughter. And at some point, I somehow met Francesco at, at an event, like at something where we were all there. And and I had minored in painting in college, and at this point was really painting a lot in my free time. Yeah. And I just said to him, hey, do you need an assistant? And I was thinking I would just like maybe be able to do this on the side on top of working at Barney's. And he's like, yeah, I do. Can you start tomorrow? <laughs> And can you come every day? And so I, I had to resign from Barney's because I just felt like this was an experience that I couldn't miss. Yeah. And so I ended up working with Francesco for a really, really long time. In fact, I still help him sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, and and you've told me this. And um, one of the things that you you work with the pigments. Which yeah, is, I help. Like I create the colors. So. So that was a big part of Which the process. Which is so interesting too, Pamela, because I think that um, just to think about talking about the raw materials and mined materials and pigments are mine, mine inter- too. Yeah, too. Lapis, cobalt, yeah. all of that stuff. Unbelievable. So,
1: and, and he really likes complicated colors. And so I you know, worked full time for him for many years and at the same time started my business out of his studio. And right. he was super, super encouraging and supportive of of me going into jewelry as a creative medium and allowed me to like spend as much time as I needed on that Mm. but the colors and working with his colors and create helping him to create his palettes was really for me I think of jewelry as painting in a way too you're painting Mm. with stones you're painting with metal and so I think for me and even the the thematic elements of his work you know I was so interested in some far out weirdo stuff (laughs) you know very interested in like the, you know tarot and the occult yeah. and like you know the spiritual side of things and i found that he was exploring a lot of that in his paintings and mm-hmm. so it made me feel more comfortable to explore that in my jewelry wow. which in the early days was was
0: very much the focus of it yeah and was really out there I it mean, was people, really out there I mean, it isn't but it, it but it was at the time but wasn't i think it?
1: for it was at the time and i think to this day some people will always think of me as the girl that created like <laughs> those like kind of really dark things, but you know, you grow up and you change. I don't think
0: that those things are dark. I didn't think,
1: I don't think they were dark, but I think. Do you think think the
0: occult is dark?
1: No. Yeah. But I think at the time I, you know, my father had passed away right when I started my line. Mm -hmm. And I think I was working through the ideas of death and mourning and celebrating. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was sort of worked out in the work. So maybe there was a little bit of that in the work and... Francesco was always working through things like that in his paintings so I felt like very validated in sort of exploring these things in a way that was more mainstream than it was okay to explore those ideas through jewelry that would probably end up at a store right you know as opposed to like just something that you would make for yourself yeah and so for me that was that was a great sort of nourishing environment to be able to start my line, you know, while working with him and working from his studio. It was really special. And he even he officiated your wedding. Yeah, he officiated (laughs) my wedding. Yeah, he became like my mentor. So even even now, if I'm having a rough week, and I'm like, I need to talk it out like I go over to the studio and I talk to him or he reads my tarot cards <laughs> oh we, he reads them too we both read tarot
0: did you study or do you read them I actually you just... taught
1: myself yeah. at camp really when I was 13 <laughs>
0: dang it I wish my camp had and that then, oh, <laughs> they didn't have it I bought a book you just bought... <laughs> and
1: I got some tarot cards and I brought them with me to camp and I practiced and practiced and then all the girls would like come to my bunk oh, and get their
0: cards read I love that and um yeah I've been doing it ever since Tell me about your tattoos. They're so beautiful, but my, the one string around your finger has always been my oh, favorite.
1: This one, oh, the little bow on my finger? I got this when I first met my husband. <laughs> we were in a long-distance relationship, and we were going through a particularly rough patch. And I got this tattoo... To remind me of him and to remind me of what's important. I love. And so although it's like really blown out and looks terrible now, it's no, the tattoo it that I got for him. It's so still it's really pretty. really special. And the first one was the phases of the moon behind my ear, but uh, it love. doesn't look very good. <laughs> it looks actually terrible.
0: From the same person mostly?
1: No, all different. Not and really. a lot of the early ones are really, really, really bad.
0: Is the, the same kind of like we were talking about jewelry? Do you have to love the tattoo artist that...
1: I think you do, but yeah. at the time I didn't know Cuz that's that.
0: such an intimate thing. Well,
1: now I only get tattoos from two people and both of them are people I really 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 love and really admire their work. Yeah. But in the beginning, I would go to anyone, anywhere. I'd be on like a road trip in New Mexico and I'd be like, "Let's stop at this random tattoo parlor and get tattooed."
0: So it was more about
1: the experience, yeah, but, but
0: remembering Yeah,
1: remembering an experience. And... But there are definitely a few now where I'm like, "Oh, this is, looks so bad." <laughs> and I'm also I'm also done. I I've stopped.
0: (laughs) I I didn't know that.
1: I've I've stopped. I you know I reached a point where I was like okay I have enough tattoos where like I have tattoos but I'm never going to be one of those people that's like covered in tattoos. What
0: did your mom say?
1: She hates it. (laughs) Every time I see her she's like no more and I'm like I promise I'm done. But you know I look at other women who have like similar tattoo aesthetic to me where they have like Similar placement and like just little things. Like, I look at Florence Welsh and yes. she has such beautiful tattoos, and like they just look so perfect with like her Gucci gowns. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's you, what I want to look but like. They look like
0: jewelry on you, I think. And
1: a lot of them are inspired by jewelry. So I think that for me, they are kind of a form of adornment, permanent adornment. Do you have a favorite?
0: I have a favorite, but I haven't seen your whole body. What's <laughs> your
1: favorite? That one. Oh, the bow. Right. The bow, you told me sure. about um, I... So and it's my
0: daughter's favorite, too. She, we Aww. talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she, I'm always like... My You're like, Pamela, don't like get one, that. What but, <laughs> but she's always like the one with the, with, with the, the bow. bow around her finger.
1: I don't know if you remember this, but a few years back... Instead of doing a Fashion Week presentation, we did the pop-up tattoo parlor at uh, Milk for Fashion Week. And we invited everyone to get tattoos instead of seeing the collection. And people (laughs) did not understand that it was an actual tattoo parlor. So, like, we had people coming and they thought they were making an appointment or they thought they were coming to see a show. But most people got it. And did they like did tatt- it? Like yeah, they ta- got tattoos? We tattooed forty-five people no. during Fashion Week. It was trending on Twitter, which I didn't know what that meant at the time because <laughs> I didn't even have Instagram or anything yet. <laughs> I, I, love it. I I did, but I think someone else was doing it. Right, you know what right. I mean? Someone on staff. It was not yet something on my radar. And lots of cool people came and I remember at the time I was very Erin Wasson came and I was like a oh very big fan of her tattoos. Yeah. And I was like so excited. But I think that I got a couple tattoos those two days that I think, for me, are my favorites, not because of the actual tattoos, but because of, like, they remind me of such a fun, exciting, happy time yeah. in my business. Yeah. And being surrounded by such awesome people and so many people that were, like, willing to, like,
0: take this journey with me and do something stupid. <laughs> that was like not expected. And had you planned them out? I mean, and every one of them, have you planned out? Or are you sort of like the next one I get, I'm going to do this or I is, used is it more to, in the moment?
1: But there's a lot that have been in the moment. A lot. Yeah. Of really just dumb in the moment. <laughs> Does
0: Matt have tattoos?
1: Matt has so many more than me. Oh, really? He's like covered.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, I guess but I'm not seeing
1: him he, he, <laughs> he keeps it. He's not like me. Like most of my tattoos, it's really funny. Like you, I have a lot of tattoos on my hands and like on the side of my neck. And then like when I'm naked there's not that many. Ah. He's like the opposite. <laughs> he's like if he's wearing clothes you don't see much of anything but then <laughs> his whole body is covered. He's like the reverse.
0: Back to the occult. You you were in a band called yeah. Scorpio Rising. I love that. Are you Scorpio Rising?
1: Um, no, do- no, I'm actually, I'm a Pisces like you, and I'm a Leo moon and a Cancer rising. Oh, it was named very after. watery. Yeah, it, I think it was named after, well, I think. I know it was named after a Kenneth Anger film, because okay. I was also still, like, very obsessed with experimental film at the time. <laughs> so it was named after a Kenneth Anger film. Kenneth Anger was one of my favorite experimental filmmakers, and he had a film called Scorpio Rising. And the girls in my band were all very cool with that. And I think two of them were actually Scorpios.
0: And what did you play? I play the drums. Drums are so fun. I know. They're I the most love fun. when girls play drums.
1: I mean, I do too. And also, to be honest, I just was very bad at playing the guitar. <laughs> I just didn't have that skill. I didn't have that part of me. You know, I tried. I took guitar lessons in middle school and... I just wasn't good at it, and so I got I found the drums and it was really a wonderful stress relief too, yeah. and super fun. and I really you know, I played in a couple bands, and you know I you know, when I was in my 20s, I was like very involved in like the Brooklyn music scene yeah. and all of that. and I loved it and it was fun. Um, but at a certain point, the business started to really become a thing, and I just didn't have the time anymore. I would yeah. come home from work and we'd be having pr- band practice. <laughs> and i was just like i can't i'm so tired
0: no and then it's a lifestyle i mean it is a It's real just commitment.
1: not it just became something that didn't fit anymore in my life did you have like a look we
0: were all like
1: real it was like you know when i first started the line it was all like <laughs> grungy and like cut off jean shorts you know like the very like
0: And your hair was Um, so so long and big,
1: bangs, and like lots and lots and lots and lots of jewelry, like pounds of it. Even when I was playing the drums, but no, we had a very specific look that is so not me now. But it was like you know, twenty two.
0: And so, how did your style change when you left the band? Did it?
1: I think it took a little while for it to evolve. I think over the years, I just became more interested in apparel, and Mm -hmm. and as I became more interested in it I think I was gravitating to things that were more austere in a way mm-hmm. like I've never like I think in my 20s I dressed a little I don't want to use the word slutty but I'm going to is that okay <laughs> sure <laughs> like really short cut off jean shorts and like a Bob Dylan t-shirt with like the <laughs> sleeves cut off and you know just that sounds very, cool that doesn't sound slutty that's awesome <laughs> I mean and combat boots yeah and then like I really started to Get into things like, you know, Dries Van Noten and yeah. Yoji and, you know, Margiela, old Margiela. Yeah. And I started to find that I was really interested in this idea of being covered. Yeah. More than showing everything. Yeah. And I think that in a way that's a lot more interesting. For sure. And I became a lot more interested in the quality of the garments. And, and I, I also became much more interested in this idea of not over consuming and making sure that when you were spending money that you were spending money on things that would last a long time and that had a lot of meaning mm-hmm. as opposed to going to like Zara and Ugh. just buying a bunch of stuff.
0: Do you think it had something to do with jewelry and that the, the jewelry influenced the clothing? And the... I think
1: so too. I also yeah. think for me I often said to people that clothing became sort of like the backdrop for yeah. the jewelry and so as such I didn't want it to be I wanted something that really, like, was a good canvas for the jewelry. Yeah. And I think that simplicity is important for that. Yeah. I mean, of course you can dress any way you want. Like, I'm very into Gucci right now. I love the (laughs) decadence of it. It's so fun. But, you know, I'm also very drawn to things like the Thoreau and yeah. Phoebe philo Celine, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. So
0: my, I, I went to an event this weekend. My daughter said, my, oh, my goodness, you look like a nun. And I was like, great. I, <laughs> I know. That's such, such a, a compliment. good look. I, so I know. Happy. Whenever someone's like, you look very Amish today, I'm like, thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I,
1: <laughs> I think that Amish women, Amish men, Hasidic Jews. Yeah. Really good style. No, I do too. Separatist religions have really good, or separatist (laughs) groups in general, tend to have really beautifully tailored sort of looks. Yeah. You know, caftans and and those kind of long, simple, like, Uh, mandarin collars. I love things like that. Well, I think that
0: it it does relate to jewelry because, for me, I always believed that jewelry is about bringing light to your face. For sure. You're such a storyteller with your jewelry. Were you a storyteller, and and were you spiritual as a child? I mean, the storytelling and the spirituality, I think, go together. Well,
1: I think I've always been sort of a storyteller, and I think I wrote a lot growing up. I was really into creative writing, and in film school I wrote a lot. That's always been something that's been interesting to me is telling stories, and so I always thought of the jewelry as sort of we had a character who was going on a journey, and the jewelry was an artifact from that, story or that adventure and so we were sort of creating artifacts from whatever her next adventure was so for me it's always sort of been about storytelling and then the spirituality part of it yes I think for me I've always sort of believed in something else and and believed in an energy that sort of drives us and balances things out Mm -hmm. and I think that I'm very interested in religion, all religions, and Mm -hmm. I'm interested in the stories and the mythology that is similar throughout religion. I think that the ideas that bring us together and and finding these similar stories and similar symbolism throughout the world through different religions is sort of such an interesting thing because it just sort of shows how much we're all the same and how Mm similar and how we're more similar than we are different. Yeah.
0: And I love exploring those sort of symbols and stories in my jewelry. Well, and I love also the history of jewelry. I mean, I think every culture in the world adorned themselves. I love, you
1: know, all of the stories that go into everything and the symbolism. I, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other night that I ran into who lives in Charleston. Mm -hmm. And he works on um, really, really, really expensive mirrors and stained glass. Mm. And he travels all over the place I mean they make everything in Charleston but they travel all over to install you know people in New York hire them too and he told me he was working on a synagogue in Charleston Mm -hmm. and he said that all of the windows were astrological symbols and 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 it's so cool and like the the symbolism that carries over you know from a synagogue to a church I find really interesting and and then you know the stories across all religions that repeat themselves, I find so interesting. Or, the,
0: or in Latin America, the Catholic churches that are built on top of, you know, the temples. of Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: They're, that stuff's amazing. And e- have you ever been to Egypt? Not yet. It's oh. like on my list. You Ethiopia freak. and Egypt yes. are on the list. You'll freak I, out about the jewelry. I recently read this book about
0: um, Egypt that just got me like really, really like, I have to go. And I cried when I left. One of the tombs I went to, I couldn't stop crying. Really? It, it was the most incredible experience. And everybody around me was sort of like, well, "Are you okay? okay? <laughs> Why do you think you were crying? Like, what was happening? Because it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And actually, our guide said that it happens often in this wow. um, one tomb. That can happen. It happened to me once at, um. it was a very long time ago,
1: maybe when I first moved to New York. And it was the only time that all of the Vermeer paintings were together Mm. at the Met. It was the only time they'd ever been together. And there was a painting of a woman and a child. And I'd never seen it before. And I'd obviously never seen it in person. Mm. And I just started bawling. Mm. And my friend who was with me was like, are you okay? (laughs) And I was just like, so overwhelmed by the beauty and having to see I mean, to be able to see Vermeers all together like that and the only time that you ever would and
0: just the the beauty of the painting. and I just started crying, and I was like, "What's wrong with me?" And they're mostly portraits, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And the, and I mean, I think the experience with Clemente. That, yeah. That's interesting.
1: But but this was this was like you know just so. But yeah, I can I can see. How being in the tomb like that—it's such a rare experience—and then to be so overwhelmed by all this beauty would make you cry. Yeah, I mean, why not? What else are you going to do? Last—that right. exactly. <laughs> would be very rude. Everybody else
0: was really like, "Whoa!" Um, <laughs> Everyone else was probably just like snapping pictures. I think it's work. <laughs> and you were like bawling. How did you start to get into the occult into well, tarot I, and tarot? a lot
1: of well, the tarot started early, obviously summer camp. Um, my mom was really interested in psychic readings really huh which is totally f- weird because she's a psychologist yeah. sort of like goes against all that but you know she loved it and there's a town in florida called casadega it's considered the psychic capital of the world and they have a psychic university there wow. so every and it's like 30 minutes away from orlando um so every year we would go to disneyland when i was a kid Yeah. And then we would go to Casadega. No. And my mom would get all her readings done. I love Her that. tea leaves, her palm, the whole thing. So I've been very interested in that since I was little because yeah. I think, you know, my mom rubbed off on me. And then after my father died, a lot of really strange things happened. Hmm. Like, you know, like people tell you the stories and you're like, that's not a real story. Right. But like, for example, at my father's funeral... My father had the most annoying cell phone ring in the entire world. It went... <laughs> and so at my father's funeral, we all obviously turned our phones off. And my aunt was sitting next to me. And right before the service started, her phone rang. And it went... And that's not her ring. And that's not even her ring. Oh, my God. And she had her phone off, she thought. And she just looked at me and went, that's not my ring. And there were like a few things like that that happened, and then I started to feel like his presence when I was home alone. Mm-hmm. Like I could feel like him touch my shoulder or something, yeah. and it didn't scare me. I felt really like safe. And you know, my dad and I didn't have the best relationship, but did he live with you? You grew up with him. Um, my parents, parents got divorced when I was nine, okay. and so but he lived nearby, and we they had like split custody, or mm-hmm. we would go with him on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But we had definitely like a heated relationship, but I loved him so much, and so to feel his presence was really comforting and interesting to me.
0: They say that um, when you lose somebody, you see them three times, I think, or you, in a dream, you can— you can be like, back with him I feel like I've had a lot of dreams about him yeah probably more than three yeah but I've seen him a lot and talk to him and say and say and he just say everything's fine or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. we've had a lot of I've I've wanted
1: to do a medium but I think I'm yeah. too scared yeah because I had a, I had another I had a really good friend who lost his father around the same time as me and mm-hmm. he went to a medium and like all this crazy stuff happened or he didn't go to the medium the medium found him oh. and was like your father is trying to Reach you. Reach you. Like, that's some crazy stuff. Yeah, I forget the full story because it was so long ago now. But I've thought about it, and I don't know
0: if I'm ready for that yet. I mean, it's been a long time. When did you have your first astrological reading, and when did you get into that?
1: I've kind of been into that since, like, college. But I was very, very lucky in the past few years to get a reading from Susan Miller. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Who's <laughs> of one of my friend's moms yeah. and and. And she hooked me up. And that, and that was and what was it like? Amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. And then I recently had a really good astrology reading in uh, Arizona. It was really good. The lady had like really funny round bottle cap glasses <laughs> on and like a black turtleneck and like Elsa Peretti jewelry. Oh, you know, enough. like very, yeah. <laughs> very like aesthetically like fit a certain type of person. <laughs> it was an interesting reading. I think I'm overdue for another one. But I, I think that. A lot of that stuff is really fascinating to me, but I think I think in the last little bit, I've been much more focused on meditation and yeah. and introspection, is that a word? Yeah. Than I have been on turning to other people yeah. for information, and I find that you get the most information that From way. From yourself.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. If, you, if you're listening.
1: If you're listening, <laughs> which it's really hard because you, your brain won't shut up about really... <laughs> unnecessary things <laughs> you know so that's been a, an interesting journey for me is as meditating and working on training my brain to be present and quiet and that's hard it's as hard. a business owner and as a designer and as a Pisces and a New
0: Yorker <laughs> and a New
1: Yorker <laughs> sort of finding that space and allowing yourself to take that space is definitely a challenge and something I'm actively working on every day
0: you and meditate every day
1: I meditate every day sometimes twice a day even when I don't have a good session, like even when I have 20 minutes where I can't yeah. turn my brain off, I still feel grateful for the time I was able to take for myself. Yeah. I know that sounds hokey, but, no, you know, I think it's very important for everyone to be able to take a little bit of time for themselves and like breathe and give them, give yourself some space. Yeah. And I know it's really hard, especially people with kids. It's like. I don't have kids, but I know so many of my friends are like, I don't have a business. I mean, I mean, have a business, So I feel yeah, like I have a God. million kids, <laughs> but I feel like I have friends where I'm like, you got to meditate. And they're like, I don't know when I'm going to meditate. <laughs> like, you know, the kids wake up at like six and they're already screaming. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's must be so hard, but you'll appreciate it that much more when you do
0: find carve out the time. Well, I have to say with perimenopause comes a lot of insomnia, but I have really enjoyed having the insomnia. I don't know what switched in my brain to appreciate it and and meditate through it but i'll just get up and spend 20 minutes meditating so good yeah and it's four o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning i do that so
1: i i have what i call my witching hours (laughs) and it's usually between three and five i'll just wake up yeah i'm just like up and so I try, if that happens, to meditate for 20 minutes, and usually I'll be able to fall back to sleep. Yeah. And if I can Because it
0: clears out right. whatever the things that wake you up Yeah, because usually you're
1: spiraling. That's why you woke up. Exactly. But the real trick, if I, if that doesn't work, I take a bath.
0: Okay. <laughs> and you do... So I, one of the things I take... I do a lot of salt baths. Yeah. Um, and especially from working, and I would think for you and with jewelry it's important, but with it, working in retail, people's energies get on you yeah and of in course. You. and i think i've scrubbed my solar plexus with salt almost every night you want to draw everything out
1: yeah for sure i mean i
0: told you last night that you know when and that's I... a pisces thing too I yeah think. well also retail.
1: pisces need to be in water all the yes.
0: time all the time <laughs> yeah
1: it's a thing i mean maybe it's not maybe everyone needs to I be think in it's water a thing. all the time well you're also cancer and yeah <laughs> i'm water water um i'm water water fire I think yes so I I feel like for me like I was saying to you last night when I did that event and I was reading customers tarot cards yes, which was an amazing amazing experience just meeting all these women and realizing that everyone's going through something and talking it out with them and seeing if there was any way I could help them through the reading was really special but at the end I couldn't talk anymore. I got yeah. home, and I laid in a bath, and I just was like, Matt, don't talk to me. Like, I just absorbed so many people's energy yeah. and life stories, and I just need to clear it <laughs> and get back to me. Yeah. So that was definitely an interesting experience. When I when I was
0: in Arizona, by the way, I, the the one of the readers told me that I was an HSP, which is a highly sensitive person. Oh. Yeah. And I was <laughs> – but it was such a relief. I mean, I was sort of like, okay, and – until i read about it I, um it was such a relief for me because i i had felt that way my whole life and that things affected me differently and yeah like, crying all the time yes. <laughs>
1: i i once had an employee tell me and she was like a really close employee like yeah. my right hand she was like you just feel things so much more than other people feel them like yeah. things like when you're happy you're so happy but when you're upset like the things that upset you they upset you so deeply yeah being a human is heartbreaking it's heartbreaking <laughs> but i also feel that i feel very upset about things in a way that maybe other people are able to compartmentalize mm-hmm. p- which i find Is common maybe with a lot of women, but also mostly Pisces, Yeah, where you – if something's upsetting you in one part of your life, a lot of people are good at being like, okay, that's unfortunate, and they can still enjoy and do other things. But with me, it's all mixed together. Right. You know, it's hard hard to separate. I think that when I first started the jewelry line, I talked about how the jewelry was protection. It was armor. I think we all want to feel safe, obviously, but I think – for me, I really, I need it so much. And yeah. I I don't know, it's such a, some people really like to go on dangerous adventures. And, <laughs> I mean, I do like to do that sometimes too. But I don't know, there's something about feeling safe
0: and protected that's very important. Certainly retail, but also just in fashion for me, I need to really get ready for that and prepare and protect before I go go into that world and that world
1: is brutal it's brutal it's a really interesting world because it's a world that was created to make women feel happy and confident yeah and yet the inner workings of that world are so tough Mm -hmm. and competitive Mm -hmm. and intense and so that that is a thing that's that weighs on me sometimes yeah it's a hard world
0: we always ask what what did you wear to the prom oh my god
1: you're gonna die okay i'm so excited so i went to two different proms of course i went to my boyfriend's prom who went to a different high school than me and then i went to my prom the first prom i had found some picture of gwyneth paltrow in her like pink the oscar Oscar dress for yep and so Shakespeare in love yeah so I found this dress I don't know where I got it like probably at the mall uh-huh. and it was what like was the,
0: what's the department store in South Florida it was called?
1: Burdines Burdines yeah Burdines it was Burdines <laughs> and then there was Macy's and Bloomingdale's but Burdines
0: was the thing Burdines
1: was the Florida thing at the time and I got this like pink dress that was like too big on me everywhere well I
0: think it was on too big for
1: her too yeah that it? was why I did it <laughs> and it just looked terrible <laughs> <laughs> and my boyfriend was like, "You are not wearing that no. to my prom." <laughs> you showed it to him before. Well, I wore it. To, we wore it to my prom. Oh, right, right, right. Our proms right. were like a couple days apart. Got it. Did you have pink shoes too? I had pink shoes. You know, jewelry. Uh, yeah, I wore like a pink beaded choker.
0: Pretty. That like
1: I beaded myself. Yourself? Yeah. Like a lot of it was made myself. Right. You know. He was like, "You're not wearing that." So and by the way, did he do a matching like no, a pink? No, no, okay. no. no. <laughs> but I actually posted a picture of my the second one, second prom outfit. So then I convinced my parents to let me get a different prom outfit, and so. Let me, like, preface this by telling you that I had a job for three years out of high school. I worked at Blockbuster Video. Cool. That's awesome. And I saved up a lot of money. And they were like, if you want to get another prom dress, you can pay for it. We'll take you. So I – there was a girl at my prom who was wearing this crazy, like – I want to say it was like almost like a Renaissance fair look. <laughs> Like, a corset with, like, a satin skirt and, like, a matching... Like, it was just so bad. Okay. But I loved it. Yes. And so I asked her where she got it, and she told me... And where was it? It was called Belinda's Designs (laughs) in Miami. Oh, my God. And my stepdad drove me to Miami... And I, like, had all my, like, Blockbuster money saved up. That is
0: amazing. And
1: I got pretty much the exact outfit she wore. Like, I didn't... I had no qualms. And (laughs) you were
0: like, I was like,
1: I want this outfit. And she
0: wasn't going to come to your prom either. No. I was like... In what color?
1: I'm going to pull up the picture. It was a cream corset Uh that had lavender ribbons in the back.
0: Pretty. With
1: a lavender skirt.
0: That is gorgeous. No, it
1: was not. And a (laughs) lavender dyeable shoes. (laughs) and And a lace... Choker. Lordy. Cream lace choker that I made myself. Oh my god. It was bad. I love and and I your had, hair. I had like purple butterfly clips in my hair. <laughs>
0: Are you ready? Yeah. No, that is <laughs> look at you. You look like you're 50. You look so I mean you look, I look 50? You do not look 18. I'm gonna tell you that. My <laughs> lord. It's pretty though. It's 80. What? That is amazing. that is... Look at your the pocketbook the matching little um, it's terrible fabric right? bag no Pamela, you look gorgeous I didn't look 18. you did not look 18 but... I mean you look you look 20 years older than you do now
1: <laughs> I know I'm serious thank you thank you I've been working yeah, exactly. on my skin you're, you're... You're exactly um, aging backwards. But like, yeah, there's like purple butterfly clips. Oh, my God. And then my mom in her bathrobe <laughs> is like a really good, like the Florida interiors are so good in that picture. I love But yeah, so this is what I wore to my boyfriend's prom. That's amazing.
0: And she, did he love it? I think so. Was he like, "Oh yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> the white corset."
1: Yeah, that. So I had two proms and and both were really silly. Pink I love and, it. Pink and purple. I love like, it. I'm like the least girly <laughs> person, but I wore pink and purple to my proms. You're beautiful. You are. Thank you. you are very you're, you're girly. I'm more girly than people think. I think you are. For the person who created the Talon Cuff. <laughs> exactly. I'm kind of and all the snake jewelry. I'm pretty girly. <laughs>
0: Well, you're one of my favorite girls. Thank you. You're one of my favorite girls. I (laughs) love you. I love you, too. (laughs) Thank you, Pam. You're welcome. Thank you. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda.